Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the podcast. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We are taping here on April the 21st, 2021. This will hit on April the 22nd on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and Breaker. And I think the conquistador might have a lot of positive news for the White Sox. I got some positive and negative. All right. So I got to start off with the positive, though. Last week, as we finished taping, flipped on the Sox-Indians game just in time to see Carlos Radon complete a no-hitter. Pitched a thing of beauty. Perfect game was ruined in the top of the ninth with one out when a slider got in too deep and hit Perez on the foot. And the look on Rodon's face as Perez walked to first was, really, dude, you couldn't move your damn foot out of the way? Yeah, we watched that. We we basically watched it on DVR after we taped last week. Yeah, oh my God. That, that look was just priceless. So congratulations to Carlos Rodon for pitching the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. Which is amazing, considering the fact that the Padres just got their first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Sox are second only to the Dodgers, who have 26. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. And I've been fortunate enough to have witnessed six of those. Not, not in person. Not in person, but having viewed it okay. on okay. TV or whatever, <laughs> but just being privy right. to have witnessed it as right. it's happened right. on TV right. is pretty damn special. Right. Because the Cubs went ages without having one, and then they had three or four in a row. So, yeah, it's just – it comes in clusters and clumps. Yeah. So it's a special thing to witness, though. And the way the defense will step up behind a guy, it's amazing. Well, I told you, I I was shocked um, when he got the no-hitter. I asked you, I said, what's the big deal? And you were telling me he wasn't even supposed to be in the starting rotation this year. Yeah, he had to battle out for the fifth starter spot. Because he's coming off a major arm injury. And now he came back and he pitched phenomenal here the other night. Yeah, coming back first start after, facing the same Indians lineup. Goes through five innings, gives up one run with eight strikeouts and five walks and three hits. And that's that's (laughs) bouncing off the disaster that Giolito threw against the the Red Sox on Monday. Yeah, where... He wound up giving up seven earned runs in one inning. And that leads me to the bad of the Sox with the inconsistency that they've had. Starting pitching other than Giolito's debacle has been pretty damn good. It's been what's supposed to be the strength of the the, uh, bullpen has been killing us with losses late and blown leads and... You know, Crochet, our wonder arm, his velocity's down, and he's been getting knocked around. Uh, Bummer, one of our most consistent guys the last couple years, can't find the strike zone, which has led to a lot of walks and some hits and runs scored. So it's inconsistency there is hurting, along with inconsistency at the plate by the hitters. Yeah, but I think you guys are okay. I mean... We're sitting at 500 right now. It rained out today, or snowed out, whatever you want to call it. Thankfully, the snow out came in because Lance Lynn's on the IL and was missing this start because of a strained muscle in his back. So after Giolito's hiccup Monday, the bullpen was taxed, and thankfully we didn't have to try and get a spot start in or have a bullpen game. Right. So now, right now you guys sit one game behind Kansas City as of right now when we tape. Yeah. So we've got another straight-up doubleheader against the Indians coming up next next week, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, Major League Baseball is going to have a problem with all this. They're, you know, these seven-inning doubleheaders, number one, I don't like. Make them play nine. 
I'm tired of this this wussy crap, you know, where you got to cut cut the games down to seven innings. Oh, we, no, because it's COVID, because we can't we can't let these. Then tell you what, tell these pitchers to cut, you know, two ninths off of their salary for the game. See how they feel about that. If it goes too long, put in the damn pitch clock. But now the Cubs. You know, I, I think the White Sox are fine. I think nine and nine right now, they're in good shape. They'll be fine. They'll end up still end up taking that division yeah. by ten games by the end of the year. Yeah, we the, just have to deal with Adam Eaton's one game suspension for instigating that bench clearing <laughs> scuffle with the Indians last week. Yeah, the Cubs are about where I expected them to be. They're seven and nine. Um again scuffling at the the back end with the pirates which is disgusting to think you know good for the pirates i mean that mean that means the pirates are actually playing better than i thought they would but uh a 189 batting average for the cubs through 16 games which is the last ouch in major league baseball i think the yankees are second to last and they're 208 as we tape this so yeah, that's it's been weird. There's only what one team that's really was expected to excel that is with the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. everybody else is just kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the Oakland A's really very interesting to me that where they they started off 1 in 7 and now they're on a 10-game win streak, and they've blasted all the way up to the front. Well, that's what the, the Red AL Sox West. did in the AL right, East. Right. So, and, and both those teams, does it really surprise you that those teams would do that? Though Those teams are good enough where you figured... They were going to be okay. You saw they were going to have slow starts, but you didn't think they were going to be... You didn't think that the Red Sox were going to be the worst in the East. You didn't think the A's were going to be the worst in the West. No. You figure they were going to bounce back. Just all of a sudden, this huge bounce back. Yeah, that, you know, that's huge win kind streaks. of the surprise. So, um, kind of another, after Rudon's no-hitter there, something else impressive on the pitching front coming out of Milwaukee. Their starter, Burns, as we tape, had gone 40 strikeouts and no walks. That's pretty that's damn impressive. Yeah, that's a record. It's unprecedented. Yeah, and him, and, him and Woodruff. I never, I did not think pitching is a premium. We all, you know, we knew that. That's a cliche, and I get it. I know it's a cliche, so don't give me a hard time about it. But, but Woodruff and Burns, now all of a sudden for the Brewers, look like a really formidable one-two combination for them. Early on, yeah. So we'll see if they can maintain some semblance of a pace for the whole year. Yeah. Now, we were going to talk about this last week. We didn't get to it. Um, the Atlantic League has got a couple rule experiments that they're putting into place that are supposed to enhance not only the offense, but also these are ways to keep starting pitchers in longer. So, number one, they've moved the rubber back one foot, which is the first time it's been done since 1893. They've raised the mound, but yeah. they've never moved the rubber back. I kind of like this on two fronts. One, you want to get more offense in the game. So, this is going to give the hitters that little bit extra look at the spin on a ball to determine what it's going to be. And two... It gives the pitchers that fraction of a second more to react to that line drive coming back at their head. So I like that move. I think All it's right. fine. So what do you think about the second one, which is the DH double hook, where you pull the starting pitcher, you pull the DH. See, if you want to try and keep more offense in, that's counterproductive. That's a stupid-ass move. You can't have it both ways. But see, the, the point of this is that they're trying to force managers to keep the starting pitchers in longer because if you if you keep the starting pitcher in longer, obviously, you keep the DH in longer. 
But if you're keeping the pitcher in longer, he's going to take more and more time between pitches, which is going to lengthen the game. I don't see that. No, no. Now, I I think I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you on this, but this is a double-edged sword, is that I, I agree with any rule that's going to keep the starting pitchers in longer because they're a bunch of goddamn babies. They are. They are. Everybody Start has... throwing 110, 115, 120 pitches. You have more arm issues now than you ever had before. Steven Strasburg, perfect example. He is the poster child for this because now he's back on the injured list again. The oh, man has had one, one year. And I know Washington National fans are going to tell me, you're an idiot because we got a World Series because he made through made it through that one year. Yeah, but he was babied through that year. Well, remember the other the two years before, I think it was, they babied him and it cost them. Yeah. But they, they oh, well, then two years later, we got it because we babied him. You shouldn't have to baby a pitcher. I guess, I guess the point is, Dave, what, what what price are we putting on a World Series championship? You know, is it worth $300, $400 million for one title? For one but, player? But, to, but to, no. yeah, to risk your entire organization, you know, to blow your salary cap up for one player – Strasburg was there for that one year when they won the World Series. But otherwise, he's been a train wreck. He's been hurt. He's had surgery. You know, he's not Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer's been there every year. Max Scherzer's a workhorse. Yeah. Well, you got another workhorse, too, down in Houston. Used to be up in Detroit. Verlander, yeah. Verlander's again, but now he's been out for a year and a half. But Houston probably would they have made that. They probably would have still said, we'll make that deal because we got one World Series out of him. Yeah. And Verlander probably jumped at the chance because he finally got that ring that he never would have gotten in Detroit. But but, uh, would you rather have a guy... You know, Verlander, you got a Strasburg, maybe they overthrow a little bit. Would you rather have yeah, somebody but Verlander's, like versus... Like Verlander's a, injury was more of a hiccup because he's been solid. Yeah, I know, I know. But would you rather have a, more of a soft tosser, I guess is my question. A, a Burley type? A Hendricks kind of guy, you know, who you know is going to be around. He's not going to miss starts because of injury. You know, now he might have bad starts. He might have a bad run. Hendricks has been awful this year, by the way. The Cubs, you know, seven and nine, the, with the one eighty nine batting average, and Hendricks has not helped. No, if Hendricks has, had actually thrown halfway decent, that probably would have flipped, and he'd probably be nine and seven. But he's been abysmal, and I am a huge Kyle Hendricks fan, and I'll admit he's been abysmal so far this year. I mean, Trevor Williams and Arietta have saved us. Otherwise, we'd be worse than seven and nine with that one eighty nine crappy ass batting average. Yeah, and you know, but it's... who do you want? Do you want a guy like that who you know who's not going to blow his arm out versus a guy who might give you one year where he's just twenty two, twenty three wins, strikes at two fifty, but. You know, he's looking at Tommy John somewhere down the road because you know he's going to blow his arm out. You get it's a it's a balancing act, and each pitcher's got to know what his limitations are. Burley, by the way, was a great reference. That's a perfect example of what I was looking for because Burley maxed out at ninety. Never, if he never, never had to worry about him. He was always going to show up. Always going to throw he was 30, gonna, 35 games He was going to get you 15 to 18 wins right. every year. Right. He was going to give you 230-plus innings. Yep. Yeah. Greg Maddox. And always kept uh, you uh, in Greg the game. Maddox. Look at Greg Maddox, man. Greg Maddox was Mr. Reliable. You know? Yeah. They look, knew- at, look at Chris Sale. How the hell could you ever depend on Chris Sale? That why do you think we got rid of him? Which ends up being one of the <laughs> one of the, the smartest moves in history. Yeah, you know. Now the, that being said, we got the flamethrower and Kopech in that deal. 
and he's already had Tommy John surgery, but he's come back this year and. But you weren't relying on him to be your number one. No, That's we Giolito. weren't. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to move on to, believe it or not, real quick here in the first segment. We never do this. Soccer! Oh, my God, we're going to talk about soccer. Why? Because this Super League debacle has just got to be addressed. This is an epic failure of unbelievable proportions. (laughs) Never has a cabal fallen so flat on its face. 12 teams from Europe. 12 teams in European soccer clubs decided to form a Super League. No, I want to say the, Monday, the owners, and it fell apart on Wednesday morning. The owners got together right. without consulting anyone else in their organizations, without floating it through the other soccer governing bodies, without any knowledge of the fans of what was going on. And the uproar. The fans protested. The players coming out and FIFA uh, was saying you are not welcome back. I mean, I just and I don't even know anything about soccer. It was a money grab by these owners. It would be like if the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Mets said we're going to start our own baseball league, and then we might let another four teams in if you play well enough. Yeah, it was. It's just epic stupidity on the part of these owners and they got taken to the woodshed for it kids. Yeah. Because first Chelsea and, and man city dropped out and then four other teams dropped out. Now it's just, it's a train wreck. It's a, it's a blow up fire. It's a nuclear firestorm. It's it's these owners have to come crawling back to their fans, exactly. begging for forgiveness. There's a lot of ass kissing that has to go on. And all I'm going to say as we wrap up this first segment, and I'm sure the conquistador will agree with me, soccer sucks! This is why we don't deal with soccer. Exactly. You try (laughs) to make it better, and it just never works. Because it sucks. And you don't do it behind closed doors. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back, kids. What's up, my peeps? Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0, the podcast. Now available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and Breaker. I am the maestro Kevin Crane, and along with the conquistador Dave Height, we tear down the hypocrisy and stupidity of the modern sports world like nobody else can. We're definitely not politically correct, so if you've got a problem with that, I refer all of you woke lemmings out there to the immortal words of Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does. Hey everybody, welcome back Sports Frenzy 2.0. We're taping here on the 21st of April. This will hit on the 22nd on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. And we've got a little bit of NFL news for you. Uh, leading up into the draft, which is a week from tomorrow. Woohoo! So, yeah, I can't wait to see how the Bears the... screw this up. Woo! Oh my God! You know that's must see TV just to see how bad they react on draft day. Well, we've talked about this for the last month. Are they going to overreact because of the fact that pace? and Nagy are basically on the high wire, and they're done after this year if they don't exceed expectations. So why not just screw the organization over? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that everybody everybody have seen all these mock drafts. They're being very conservative, and they're saying the Bears will take a cornerback or a wide receiver or a tackle. We need a tackle so bad. Yeah, but a lot of them are saying the tackles might not be there. I know. At 20. So, but other uh, news in, in the Bears front. Now, we signed a wide receiver that I actually liked. You know what? If he can stay healthy, I love the signing. Yes. Marquise Goodwin played last year for the Niners. So, the speedster. I like it. He's got good hands. 
unlike Anthony Miller, who can't <laughs> hold on to a cold. <laughs> so I, I, I do like that signing. It should be good. So speaking of Miller, Bears still don't know what they're going to do with him. Are they going to re-sign him? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to cut him? Who knows? The thing I don't like is that uh, Coral Patterson is now oh, with the Falcons. God, you couldn't you couldn't afford to re-sign him. One of he the was, best kick returners in history. He was one of your top five players on that team. He was loved by the fan base. He was loved by his teammates. The guy could do anything you asked him. Again, the ineptness of that front office. Yeah, yeah. These, this is another move where you just wonder. Again, I've said I, I tried to stick by pace for years and years, and over the last year, year and a half, I, I've learned that I was just an idiot for for trying to to stand by him because moves like this prove to me that he doesn't know what he's doing. There is no way in hell you let him go. No, there's there's no way you let any of the guys you had go. I mean, the the salary cap management has been abysmal, and you look at that the stupid Quinn signing. It's almost like Hayward for the Cubs. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's a great comparison. You Phenomenal put out all that money and time for no production. Yeah. You took it's like you you took that big swing thinking all right if I screw this up then I look like an idiot well guess what you look like an idiot again for what the eighth time since he arrived well and I told you Jim McMahon came out this week <laughs> it's sad to say he he's <laughs> arguably in the Super Bowl era the best quarterback the the Bears have ever had. Yeah. And he comes out and he says the Packers were the best organization he ever played for. Well, you look at it, consistency, they always draft well. They manage their salary cap well year in and year out. How often do you see them cutting people because they have to? They don't. So they they know what they're doing up there in their front office. And how sad is that? When your rival, your 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 quarterback, your best quarterback of the last fifty years says, "I'd rather play for your rival than you." Than you. Then you know you have a screwed up organization, yeah. and it starts at the top. Speaking of Packers quarterbacks, the Aaron Rodgers run is done on Jeopardy. What's oh. your what's your review, my man? The first week was absolutely brutal. It, it was painful to listen to him speak. I mean, it, it was it was not good. But I have to give him props. He worked his way into the role, and he, by the end, he did a really damn good job with it. I have to give him his props there. He 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 took it. All right, now they're gonna keep the guest hosting thing going on. So um, now announced this week was Joe Buck is going to get a two week <laughs> run. And now I think, I, I think, think we Joe need, Buck. I think we need, we need the Joe Buck from Brockmire. <laughs> I want Brockmire. Hank Azaria. Jeopardy for two weeks. That's what I want. <laughs> Could you see that? Hank Azaria in his Brockmire jacket. Oh my God. God, would that be awesome? Would that be the greatest thing ever? That would have to be on Paramount because you couldn't air that on regular TV. <laughs> oh, but I could see Joe Buck doing a good job. Joe Buck, really I could. think, could really do a nice job there. Yeah. yeah so, and I think I think that I think they're doing the right thing with this whole guest host. Just run this for a year. Just run it for a year. Give all these people the two-week slots, the two-week trials. Just run it for a year. You know, bring everybody. With Lavar Burton now has got a petition saying he wants in. It's it's for official. Two weeks. He, the fans have spoken. Okay. Lavar Burton's getting his two-week run, and that's fine. And that's damn fine. it, he deserves it. But let's go for a whole year. 
Sure. You know, just give, Why not? Give all these people, all, give them different, you know. God, I would love to see Kevin Smith do it. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Could you see Kevin Smith doing it? It'd be awesome. That would be fun. You know? Jason Alexander. Just some some different just pop culture get icons. Get some off the wall. Yeah. That All would right. be good. Wrap up wrap up the NFL news. Um you know, Eddie Murphy needs a shot at it. Oh, he would never do it though. No, but no, it's uh, it's it's beneath him. It's beneath him. Yeah, but he, Eddie is still he's got he still thinks he's he's king shit. Sorry, you know he does. Yeah. Eddie still thinks he's a be all end all even though you know, because of coming to America too, they they're going to claim that was one of the most streamed movies of the year. I never watched it. I don't. I didn't I, watch Coming to America. Coming to America was all right. What we're getting our off track here. Back to the NFL. All right, Mike Tomlin gets a three-year contract extension from the pirate uh, uh, the, the Steelers. Steelers. So. He's been a solid coach for him. See, I've never been a big fan. Never been a big fan. I. It's it's time to transition away from Big Ben. I just I want to see him, Tomlin, be better with a different quarterback. Yeah. Bill Cowher won one Super Bowl with Big Ben, and we we've talked about this. That was kind of a travesty of a Super Bowl. With the Seahawks, where really the Seahawks won that game, but the, the officiating was awful. It was that was pretty brutal. But it's, now, then we go back to okay. Tomlin won the one with the Cardinals, which was a legitimate win. That was a shootout with Kurt Warner. Yeah, you know that was a nice back and forth. Uh, but God, I mean, does that really make Mike Tomlin a great head coach? He's solid. He doesn't. He's great in interviews. Yeah. Fun as hell in interviews, but. Sometimes he doesn't take enough control of his team. I just, again, I don't know where this is going to go two, three years from now. I, I don't know. I, 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 Mason Rudolph is sitting there on the bench. They ne- they've never given him a chance. They don't act like they have confidence in him. So what are they going to do for a quarterback after this year? Because you got to believe this is Ben's last year. I would have. I'm surprised they brought him back at all. Exactly. Based exactly. on how badly he played. Exactly. And it wasn't just last year that he played bad. You could see it in the previous couple years that he was sliding. Right. Right. So that's what uh, they're kind of in that that nether region where they've got a vet. It's almost like Atlanta. People are wondering what Atlanta's going to do with that fourth pick. You got Matt Ryan, but how many years do you have left of Matt Ryan? So do you draft a quarterback at four if you're Atlanta, or do you trade back, get more picks, get more help? I think Pittsburgh's in a very similar situation where I don't know what you do when you've got a guy who's good for a year, maybe two, but you don't but have the heir apparent. That. Yeah. And knowing how many teams are looking at quarterbacks over the next couple years, how many quarterbacks are there legitimate that are in the that's pipeline? A, that's a great question. It seems like every year somebody, two, three, four guys pop up out of nowhere. We all knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be there this year at number one. Right. That's why Urban Meyer, when he saw that the Jaguars were going to be the number one pick, took that job. So yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to go ahead. This is the best chance I'm ever going to have to be a pro head coach. Because he's going to have an owner with a number one pick with the quarterback who's supposedly the second coming. Right. Now that being said. After that, you know, everybody's saying the Jets are going to take the kid out of BYU. I don't know if he's that good. Again, that's one of those leagues where they're pass happy. And will it translate? 
Justin Fields, is he getting downgraded? I don't know. He looked pretty good to me. I thought Fields actually stepped up as the year went and on I'll in the high-pressure situations. You, and I'll tell you who's hurting Justin Fields is Haskins. Because I think what they're looking at is Haskins two years ago. Everybody thought, oh, this guy could be good. And he dropped all the way to, what, 15? Yeah. And he was out in two years in Washington. Yeah. Because of his work ethic. But is that his work ethic or is that Ohio State? A product State's of Ohio State? I think you have to look at it as the individual's work ethic. Because you look at other people coming out of that school that have stepped up at know. various Boy, positions. I don't know. And then you've got Trey Lance, the kid coming in from the, uh, the Division 2A school. Is, is he Mitch 2.0? Is he Carson Wentz? Is he Josh Allen? You know, these kids coming in from smaller schools. What are you getting? I, I yeah. This is what scares well, me about the Bears. You see, are they going to try to jump up again to get one of these guys? Are they going to realize that it was fool's gold the first time and let somebody else make that, that gamble, make that choice? Yeah. Don't jump up and give away a draft to move up one damn position. On such a stretch that it came back to bite you. And the odds are, honestly, the odds are we're looking at five guys getting drafted in the first round. Maybe six. If somebody jumps up like a, a Trask from Florida yeah, in the late first round. Oh, I forgot Trask was sitting down there. Yeah, but God, you can't take him at 20. It's too much. It's You can't. It's too no. soon. No. If you, I'll tell you what, if the Bears trade up to It, it doesn't matter what quarterback the Bears have if they don't have anybody to protect them. I know. But I'm saying, you're going to have five quarterbacks taken in the first ten picks, probably. Probably. Yeah, that that's where things are lining up. And I don't want the and Bears to try to jump up and get in there. No, don't try and jump up for a quarterback. Don't a try tackle. and jump up. To Take get, a cornerback. Do something smart. Take what you have at 20. You know your needs. You if need a tackle. You, you need a round. Take a quarterback in the second round. But don't trade up. I'm done with the trading up crap. It doesn't work for this regime. Right. All right, kids. That's it for segment two. We'll be right back on Sports Frenzy 2.0. Good evening, kids. This is the conquistador David Height and the maestro Kevin Crane. Tune in to Sports Frenzy 2.0 Weekend Edition exclusively on Spotify and Anchor as we regale you with news and reviews of films, literature, fine music, and television. Remember what Groucho Marx once said, I find television very educating. Every time somebody turns on the set, I go into the other room and read a book. Hey, kids. Welcome back. Sports Frenzy 2.0. April the 21st, 2021. This will hit on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Breaker on the 22nd. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. I think we got some hockey. We do have to give a huge congratulations to Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks. This guy did the unthinkable. He broke Gordie Howe's most games played record. Marlowe hit 1,768 games and still counting to surpass Gordie Howe. Boggles my mind, by the way, and I'm not even a hockey fan. Boggles my mind because when I hear Gordie Howe, I think of a guy playing, how long did he play? Into his 50s? He, 26 seasons he played. He retired at 51. Thank you. Okay, because... Marlowe's in his late 40s, and he's in his 23rd season. So he did it sooner, but also you have more games that are being played today. Okay. Okay. Now, I still think Marlowe might be actually, I think Marlowe's only 41. He has played yeah. 1,768 games. games and but I think he's only 41, so I think that that proves your point. 
that they've played so many more games. Yeah, but it's a three-season difference right, only. Right. But the age factor, right, 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 when Howe came in, exactly. So yeah, there, there's a lot going into it. But that that's that's a hell of a feat, no matter what. Now the Blackhawks, I'm looking at this, and it's getting towards the end here, and I don't think they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. No, they don't. They're sitting on the outside looking in. And it's because of the defense. It's absolutely horrible. They let the other teams keep the puck cycling down in their defensive zone. The defense can't clear the puck. They give away breakaways consistently. It's just awful. It's a Chinese, sorry, politically incorrect, Chinese fire drill down there (laughs) with the Hawks scrambling and flipping everywhere. So. It, Don't feel bad. <laughs> Curse and swear if you want, Conquistador. The damn Blackhawks suck ass right now when it comes to defense. It's it's brutal and painful to, to watch. Gonna, what, what, was, what was it you were going to say earlier? What was that? The Chinese fire drill where yeah. they're scrambling around like chickens with their heads cut off? No, that was not it. There was something obscene in there. No, there wasn't. Oh. That's what it was. As much as I try to drag him into the deep end of the obscene pool with me, he won't do it. <laughs> now, there tw- you go. They're 21-20 and 5, 47 points. Total uh, sixth in the central. Yeah, they're of, just... Of course, with the way they've set things up now, um, the top four teams from all four of these newly configured divisions well, make it. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got a, a couple teams to jump, I think, to get there. And they're not going to do it. They had a chance to try and pick up a game on Nashville, and they just totally wet the bed. <laughs> they were down. I'm Coming a, into I'm the third period, they gave that. up just... two goals in the first 18 seconds of the third period on uh, Monday night prior to us taping. But now I've heard, I've heard that if, if things were set up like two years ago, like normal before the COVID disaster hit, they would actually have a shot. They might slide in, but they wouldn't do anything. All right. All right. Well, you're being fair. You're being honest as a Blackhawks fan. They're they're just brutal right now. All right, let's move over to NASCAR. Um, Some weird, odd stuff going on this week. Uh, Number one, let's recap Richmond. Where Alex Bowman wins, he becomes the eighth winner out of nine races. Overcoming a pit road penalty at that. And what was it? Ten laps to go past the dominant Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we both had Martin Truex. And if he hadn't had a speeding penalty, I still think he would have won the race. Yeah. Finished fifth, but... Respectable, but he took himself out of it. Right, right. So Bowman wins, so that's the eighth winner out of nine races. So some of these guys at the back end have got to be feeling a little bit nervous. The pressure's on there. Yeah, because a guy like uh, Michael McDowell is now, I think, 17th in points, but he gets in because he's got that Daytona win. Yep. So now you got to start thinking. But if you get so many winners, the points still come into play. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you have got, now it's getting to the point where you've got to win a race. Even if you win a race, you still have to rack up some points too. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be fun to see. It'd be fun to see what happens here. Now, I don't think it's the worst case scenario is going to happen. I, I figure now we're going to see 20 well, different winners yeah, in the first know, 26 you're gonna, races. You're going to see Hamlin start winning and Harvick start winning, you know, Keselowski start winning, where this is all going to – I don't see 16-plus different winners in a season through 26 races. I just don't see it. So, that being said, we have Talladega. Oh, the wild card plate. Oh, no longer a plate Yeah, race. I know. I catch myself on that all the time. I know. I'm We've glad so you said that. I'm glad you said that. Unrestrictor plates. Better. Yeah. 
You make, that tells you how that. long we've been watching yeah. NASCAR. Yeah, because I've been saying plate here for the last year, and thank you. Because no I felt more like restrictive plates. And I was like, I got to stop playing, staying, uh, saying plate. Yeah, no more restrictor plates on the no, engine. It's not, it's not restrictor plate anymore, even though it is a super speedway. So, no, it, it's it's Russian roulette with the draft on when the big one is going to hit. Right. Not if, when. So we have got right now four guys taking Blaney. Oh no, three. I'm sorry. Three Blaney's. We've got you, the Conquistador. We got Nick, the Juggler, and we've got Aaron, the Easy. The Big Easy taking it. Yep. I'm taking Logano. So is the Big Blue W. Again, you guys are matching up. Yeah, I know. Now, you'll notice you can't what, see what, the sound what? machine. Yeah, Dog decided to change his pick. Now, I, I am very lenient in how I let people make their picks. Doug sent me his initial pick was Eric Almarola. Not horrible. And then 10 on a minutes play. later, 10 minutes later, he comes back and says, Nope, 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 nope. I want Chase Elliott. <laughs> so now we've got I and I'll let him I'll let it slide. It's fine. There's no I mean, this was a day ahead it's, of time. It's not like the deadline had passed. Right, right. So he and the elder statesman will both take Chase Elliott, and Mrs. C is going to take William Byron. All good picks. All good picks. All all drivers run very well on the super speedways. Yeah. And I, I was going back and forth between Logano and Blaney. Um, so, again, it's Talladega. So <laughs> it, it, like we said, they're it's all going to wreck shoot. out. They're all going to wreck out at some point, aren't they? You would think. Um. Interesting news here for uh, the IndyCar circuit. The Indy 500 today announced they're going to allow down at the Speedway 135,000 fans. Good for them. Which will be the largest sports crowd to date. Yep, and it's, what was it, 40% capacity they were going with? Well, whatever 135,000 is, yeah, that's... Considering it's the largest sports right, venue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, and I, 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 I'm just sick of being up here in northern Indiana because we're suffering. We talked about this last week because of Michigan, you know. The good thing is down there in Indy, they're far enough away from all this crap that's going on up in Michigan where they can do this. Yeah. And, you we know, can't, we can't open up like they can. It's sad, but true. Yeah. And now the other thing that's sad, but true. Um, and I know I, I said last week and the conquistador gave me crap about it. And I, I said, I did not know if Jennifer Joe Cobb really was somebody I'd want racing at Talladega. And now NASCAR came out this week and said they denied her entry. Very interesting on NASCAR's point, because so many drivers in the past have made their debut races at Talladega and Daytona on the big super speedways. So I, I'm interested to hear more of the story on what's going on here. Yeah, and now I will actually backtrack on what I said in that... I still think I was right, but I want to hear more about why they denied her. Yeah. This, the, the, they don't, they don't deny right. drivers. Yeah. They're trying to get every person they can to fill the field. I mean, they, they're, they're barely filling the fields as it is right now. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they go, well, she can't race. Why? 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 Give us a legitimate reason. That being said, I still think it would have been a train wreck. Sorry, but I do. 
It's a train, like I said last week, it's a train wreck with Kyle Busch out there on a super speedway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Some of these guys who race regularly and have experience in the tracks still don't know how to run Talladega. Agreed, agreed. All right, time. We don't have any moments of silence this week, unfortunately. We have not, uh, and that's a good thing. We have not been able to find anybody to honor nope. or mourn for the moments of silence. So we have to move on to the dumbasses of the week. The absolute morons of the sports world. What you got, Dave? I am starting off with Alden Smith. This guy continues to ruin his life. You would have thought after four years of being out of the NFL because of his conduct on and off the field for trouble with the law, performance enhancements. You'd have thought he would have learned his lesson and taken another opportunity after the Seahawks signed him after Dallas didn't. No, he goes out and gets in a confrontation and chokes his victim out. Another felony for this idiot. He finally turned himself in. So this guy's just bad news, and it shows the stupidity of the NFL teams who continually give these guys chance after chance after chance. And shame on the dumbass Seahawks for signing him before all this broke. Agreed. Completely agreed. And the Cowboys, two years ago, I think yeah. was the last team that gave him a chance. Yeah. I, I completely it's, agree. Alden Smith is a poster child for why people should hate sports. Anybody that we love sports will put up with this crap, but anybody who's on the fence, anybody who's kind of wondering if it's worth it to watch sports, Alden Smith is the reason why you shouldn't. Exactly. I mean, here's a guy who's had everything lined up for him, and he continues to be a criminal. Yeah. Millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, chance after chance after chance. I'm just going to screw it up time and time again. Oh, but he's got talent, so we got to give him a try. Yeah. No, you got to know when to cut bait. Yeah. Sorry. No, no sympathy for him. I am going to call out every single freaking sports network in the world. How about that for a dumbass? How about that for a wow, global, all-encompassing dumbass of the week? ESPN, NFL Network, all of them. I know there was problems in Minnesota. I know we had issues socially with the police. ESPN, NFL Network, your job is not to talk about social law enforcement issues. When I turn on ESPN in the morning on my computer, I want to see scores. I want to see who's gotten cut. Who's gotten re-signed? I don't Sports. need to see the verdict in a Minnesota trial concerning police violence. You don't have the right to do that to me. You don't. You proved to me in NFL Network same way. I turned on Good Morning Football this morning, trying to get away from all this crap trying to get away from the negativity. And the first thing I hear is, well, there's some things bigger than sports, so we're going to talk about that. And then I'll turn on CNN. Then I'll turn on Fox News. Then I'll turn on my local news. You don't have the right to inject this into my life when I am trying to get away from it. Shame on you. Shame on NFL Network, shame on ESPN, shame on all of you for not giving me any sort of relief 
any sort of outlet to get away from this. I know what happened. I'm educated. I know what's going on in the world. And if I want to get more in depth with it, I'll go to CNN. I'll go to MSNBC. I'll go to Fox News. I don't want to go to the NFL Network and be told, well, we're not going to talk about the NFL right now. We're going to talk about political crap in Minnesota. Shame on you. You disgust me for doing this to me. I deserve an outlet. We all deserve an outlet. Some of us don't want to hear this crap 24-7. And you don't get the right to shove it in our faces, especially when you parade around as a sports network, supposedly giving us an outlet to get away from it. I think I'm done. You sure? I think I am. Okay. <laughs> now, for, the, for the conquistador, Dave Height. For the maestro, Kevin Crane. Uh, check out our weekend edition where we're going to do some movie reviews, do some fun stuff. Maybe I won't yell as much. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but we got... Great stuff coming up this week. A lot of movie reviews, a lot of music reviews, some good stuff. So so be sure to check it out every Saturday morning, Spotify and Anchor. You know, I, I promise I will try not to yell as much, but there's no guarantees, kids. <laughs> it's like death and taxes, it's a certainty. <laughs> but again, we're trying to get you away from this crap. That's why we yell and scream is because we're telling these people we want fun. We want entertainment. Yes. Yes, we do. All right. We need the outlet. Sports is entertainment. Sports gets us away from the crap and the negativity in the world. That's right. All right, kids. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>